Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? I have a special guest on today. You know, going through all these hormone, the hormone trainings, and I've talked to y'all a lot about hormones, and we've gone gone over lots of stuff, and I'm always asking, you know, people for questions. What do you want to know? Things you want to know. And I've had several people ask me to talk about PCOS. And, um, I could, I could talk about that, but I figured why not invite an expert on because I came across Dr. Heather Rhodes, um, who is a holistic pharmacist who manages PCOS holistically. And I thought she would be the perfect person to come on here and have a conversation with, um, and talk about this. And so, um, Dr. Heather Rhodes has a background, as I said, as a holistic pharmacist, and she works with women on hormones to help them understand their hormones in a very simple and practical way, which I love all about that. Um, and she uses a natural approach to healing, which creates lasting results and symptom relief specifically for PCOS. PMS, acne, and fertility. And she's also a CrossFit instructor, and she loves ice cream, and she has a toddler, and um, she's an adoption advocate. So I love, um, I just love all those things, and I can't wait to get to know you better, and I can't wait for you to share all of your good knowledge on this really important topic. So welcome, Heather, to the Christian Health Club podcast. Yay. Thank you so much, Chelsea. I am so pumped to be here. I'm so glad that your audience is asking these questions because that means that they want to learn about their bodies. And that's my goal. <laughs> Let me yeah. do all the things. Yes, I know. Exactly. And I, I just think, um, well, even before we, I was just talking to you before this, there's, there's a lot of questions I have about PCOS, which is why I wanted to have you on because, um, you know, I, I have a general knowledge of it, but somebody that's lived it, breathed it, dealt with it, helped other women with it is going to know all of the things. And so um, I'm grateful to have you on. To get started here, for those who uh, don't know, have never heard of PCOS, don't understand what it is, can you explain what it, give us an overview of PCOS? Yes, definitely. I would love to. Um, so PCOS means polycystic ovarian syndrome. So it's kind of a fancy medical term for saying your ovaries develop these small little cysts every month. Typically, that's very normal. Um, our ovaries are meant to develop them and they're supposed to be what we call follicles. And then eventually one of them grows and gets big and becomes the egg that our bodies drop or release each month. What happens in PCOS is that the hormone signaling gets off a little bit and now you have multiple of these little follicles growing and one of them never becomes the leader and becomes the egg that's going to fall. So it can cause things like irregular period and then like I said, the reason that happens is because of hormone imbalances and so it usually comes along with this whole myriad of hormone symptoms um, that sometimes can be assumed to be something else or sometimes is never linked to PCOS. Um, so what that could look like are things like acne and irregular periods because you never have that like one egg that's falling every month. Um, infertility, a lot of times women don't even know it's happening to them or that, you know, they're experiencing this because it can exist on such a mild level until they're trying to conceive. And they're like, well, 
know. I mean, my periods, I don't know when they come. I think they come every month. It's like we kind of forget about them until we need them. And then we're like, oh, (laughs) those periods that we get every month that are why our body functions the way they do. Um, And I am so guilty of that too. So never any, you know, shame or judgment. It's just that I think in our society, we forget that like, Our periods are a marker of health. And so if they're off, there's something going on. Um, So yeah, PCOS, again, like just kind of with all those hormone imbalances, you also can dip a little bit into being more susceptible to things like obesity or anxiety or depression. and, And that kind of brings up, there's this thought, I think, that existed for a long time around PCOS that you typically saw someone, if, if you were going to see someone who was a classic PCOS, you would see issues with weight or carb sensitivity or insulin. Um, and we're actually realizing that there's a lot of other factors and components and that people have PCOS that look totally different, that have totally different genetic makeups. We have like extremes on all ends. Um, and I think that's really good that all of that's coming to light. And I like to address that because a lot of times someone like when you know, talking about PCOS or someone's like, well, I've never struggled with my weight. I've never been overweight. So I don't have PCOS because a lot of doctors are trained to think that's what they need to look for. And it's just not the case. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my summary of what it is and what's happening and what it could be feeling like if you maybe are experiencing it. That's, um, thank you for that. That's so funny how you were saying, you know, we don't really pay attention to our, to our periods until we really need them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. Yes. When I, um, when I was ready to, you know, I was like, okay, I'm ready to have a baby. I'm sure this is going to happen like next week. I mean, I was just such a (laughs) dummy. I, and so, um, and that did not happen that way. I, you know, I had periods and so I was like, oh, I'm sure I'm fine. Um, but I was unable to conceive, um, for quite a while. And so, you know, it led, it's one of the things, there are several things that led me to nutrition and, um, this, you know, this holistic approach. And, um, I really had to like relearn about my body. I was like, okay, let me think about this. I, I learned about getting your period in fourth grade and that might be the last time I really thought yeah. about it, well, which and is it's crazy. Like, it's so hard because, and I, and I like how you said like, oh, well, maybe I was just like being silly or not paying attention or, you know, whatever. But I think it's the narrative. So like we learn kind of about what's happening and then what we hear consistently from that point on is don't get pregnant and like it is so easy and it will happen and like you need to do everything you can't like that is the only thing I feel like is just like shoved down our throats around our periods and pregnancy is that like basically like it is this doomful thing that can happen so quickly and so easily and like you just I feel like a lot of fear is used around it um and and it it's a bummer because Aside from, I mean, yeah, let's advocate abstinence. I totally agree with that. But there is a way to like, you know, talk and educate and allow Holy Spirit to convict us towards that without it being this like fearful thing of like, this happens if you do this. And I think that shapes our minds around our bodies and our periods and our cycles so much. And we don't even realize it's happening. Oh, that's so good. Like suppressing this, even this knowledge about wanting to learn about your body. I don't know. I, I just felt like really when I finally was, I had to dig into this for myself, for my own health, because I wasn't getting any answers from, you know, conventional, the conventional medical community, um, except for, you know, you, you must do infertility treatments. And I'm like, but you're not giving me any answers about why, what is this unexplained infertility that I have? And so, for me, you know, changing my, uh, nutrition and, um, and reading a book called, uh, oh gosh, what was it called? Um, taking charge of your fertility, um, and, you know, incorporating some of those practices. And between those two things, I was pregnant within six weeks. I know that's not everybody's story, but, um, at all, but, you know, I just, I think we jump to, these extreme measures so quickly without just like, okay, how about let's, let's give our body what it needs. Let's learn about our body. Um, so anyway, I might be, I'm jumping the gun. Let me, why don't you share your story with this? How did this unfold for you? Yeah, it's pretty much the same as yours. Um, (laughs) basically things, I mean, I, I felt like everything was always normal and like we would try to have a baby and it would happen that week. And, you know, um, we did and 
the pregnancy just never came and it never happened. And doctors kind of like mentioned it, but didn't really educate me on it, but never would say like, oh yeah, you have it. Or we suspect it. I mean, it was really kind of like abrupt handling of the whole situation. I felt like, um, And I was just like so mad because I came from working in primary care offices. Like that was my background. I went to pharmacy school. I went to work in a doctor's office. And so like I knew that I was being taught like research and how to research and that there's always a reason for why things happen and why they work. And like our bodies are designed in this system that works together and our bodies are so smart, like so smart. Mm -hmm. But rather than getting that education, I feel like I was just kind of like, thrown a bunch of little like it's like someone was like throwing a bunch of noodles at the wall and just seeing what stuck and whatever I said like oh I think that's right I'll believe it let's do it they were gonna go with um and when it's coming like when you're talking about your health and your family and literally like lives being created I feel like that's such a disservice um so for us it was kind of like well it must be you maybe it's PCOS maybe it's your hormones um, switched doctors, got a second opinion, same story. Maybe you should lose weight. Maybe you should do this. Um, and, and for me, that was really triggering because I actually had to gain weight to even get my cycle back. I didn't have a period for a couple of years because of just like disordered eating and body dysmorphia and all of that. And so to finally feel like I was overcoming that and then have a doctor tell me, well, if you lost some weight, you would get pregnant oh, was gosh. like crushing. Um, and not even saying like, Hey, why don't you just try to like move your body a little more like this or do, you know, what are you eating? Like not even ask me about those things. Um, I, it, it was more so like, Hey, do low carb. We think that helps. And, and, knowing the research I knew and how much I had invested in really trying to heal my eating aspect, um, to even get my cycle back, I was like, this is the worst thing you could have possibly told me. So then I took that and was like, okay, I have a doctor from a university where I have learned how my body works. That is seven years of an investment of learning this. And I am feeling lost and confused and stuck. How is the woman who is a genius in marketing or business who has never really gotten taught anything about health besides PE classes. How does she navigate this? What is she being told? What is she believing? What is she spending her money on? What is the, like what messages are the enemy coming in and like literally just being, she's being open to because people are telling her things and the enemy's like, yeah, you need to lose weight. You need to do this. It's you. It's shame. It's guilt. Like I couldn't, I just, I was so, I think, just driven to move. I'm an Enneagram one, so I'm a very, like, justice-focused person. And I was like, (laughs) this is wrong. This can't happen to anyone else. We're changing things. Um, So I did a lot of my own research. I, at the time, was doing some communications, and, like, I very much had learned how to take raw data and turn it into, um, like, medicate, like, drug studies. I was helping um, right medication trials. And so I really just dug in and was like, okay, well, like, I'm just going to follow the process I've always learned and use all the resources that I have being a pharmacist and figure this thing out. Um, and so really that kind of sent me down this cycle of understanding hormones and how they work and how they happen. And then kind of breaking through this noise of like, well, they're too confusing or there's only one way to fix them or, you know, all of, all of that, that, overwhelm when you Google hormones or PCOS. And, um, I'm, I almost like, I would say, this is so crazy. I I told myself I would never say this, but I feel like I am extremely grateful for our delayed fertility journey. Um, because not only did that like really light that fire for me to dive into things that felt hard and confusing and make them simple and then be able to share that with other women, but it led us down the path to adoption and we have two sons via adoption. Um, and we were kind of given the same story as you like, well, you'll never get pregnant if you don't do IVF or IUI. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't have a reason and that didn't make sense to me, we said no. And then come to find out, like we just had more testing and stuff done. Um, And there's actually like what they think is the male component that's explaining it. But even with that, the numbers don't make sense for us to feel like fertility treatments are our only option. So we just say that we're walking through delayed fertility and God has one sperm ready for an egg. And when he (laughs) decides to send it to us, it'll be here. Um, I love that. (laughs) So yeah, that's just kind of how we have walked through it and, and what it's caused. And I will say that, you know, anybody going through that, 
my outlook now and my gratefulness now, like I said, I would have never said this before, is like I am where I think we're like four or five years out from that initial couple, um, that initial year, I guess, of trying a couple months and stuff. And I would have never, ever, ever thought I would be here. But like the Lord is so gracious to open our eyes to so many things. And like not only did he take something that felt like ashes, but he created beauty in like so many forms, a business, all the other women, all the other babies that I'm seeing happening because women are supporting their hormones and I get to have a role in that journey. And like, and then obviously like my own kids, it's, it's amazing. So. Oh, I, I, I know. (laughs) Right. I know it's when you're right, when you want to have a baby and you can't have a baby, it is crushing and it's all you can think about and you're not grateful (laughs) in in the midst of it. I mean, it's hard to feel grateful for that. And I can remember, I think I've told this story on, on this podcast before, but my my younger sister-in-law uh, got pregnant before I did. And she, you know, she called to tell me and I got off the phone with her and I was like, you know, why, God, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And, and the only time I've heard, it wasn't like an audible voice in my ear, but like it, an obvious voice in my head that was God and it was it, grace. And that was yeah. the one word that it was like, screaming in my mind that did not come from me and I was like oh okay you know I was like gotcha gotcha and so that was one that was just one little piece of what he wanted me to learn but also just like you you know it drove me to to these other you know avenues that have partially led me where I am today and for that I am incredibly incredibly grateful and so I find that a lot of us who end up in this holistic um, space come from, you know, where we did, where we we, are, we come across, we have an issue, and we're not getting the answers we want, and we kind of go on this, um, off on this road of, you know, self-research and trying to figure out what to do and, and learning, and it leads to one thing. And then once you know this stuff, you just, you have to help, and you have to share, and you have to, you just, it's just part of it. So I 100% feel you on that. Well, um, as far as the, what PCOS is and kind of your story too, I mean, it doesn't sound very straightforward (laughs) as far as getting a diagnosis with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. So there's not a ton of uniformity across the westernized medical system that says, okay, if you have this, you qualify for PCOS, you know? So like if your blood pressure is too high, we say, okay, well, you've got high blood pressure if it's over this level. It's a very like objective marker. With PCOS, it's a little more subjective, and a lot of times the investigation that's needed because it's a little more invasive doesn't happen. So women are really easily missed with having it, as well as this previous thought that's kind of shaped the narrative around PCOS that you have to be overweight and you have to have cysts that rupture on your ovaries or, um, you know, that basically you have to have completely irregular periods. That's kind of what it used to look like. But now we're realizing, oh, there's all these other things. And so since that shift's kind of started happening, again, it leaves for confusion. And usually when there's confusion in the westernized medicine world, it's not taken as science or evidence. So we try to, like, exclude it. Um, and, And I think that's just a lot of, like, the way that system works in terms of having, like, confidence and liability and medications and all of that. So for PCOS... If you were looking towards like an OB or a westernized medicine doctor, the definition is having either one, two, three, or a combo of at least two of either high androgen levels, which are things like testosterone, male hormones, um, irregular cycles, so your period not coming within a 26 to 32 day window, and or confirmed cyst on your ovaries via ultrasound. So if you think about like, okay, you come in and you present with symptoms and maybe the doctor's suspecting it, that's usually a a couple time visit because you know they'll, like usually with doctors, you only get like one, um, like procedure will happen per time. So like they'll do blood work, but then you've got to come back for your ultrasound or like they can talk to you about it then, but then you've got to come back for blood work and then you've got to come back from an ultrasound. So just because of, I think like the difficulty of that process, I think it goes under discussed and under taught a lot. Um, I also think that again, like you can kind of have this, I say what's pseudo PCOS because PCOS comes from a lot of different places. So you can have this original like 
maybe it's genetic, maybe it's environmental, but like it's very clear that like you have PCOS from a young age and it's just kind of always been a part of your cycle. There's also the ability to develop PCOS-like symptoms or this pseudo-PCOS based off of lifestyle and environmental factors. So things like we have adrenal PCOS, which is basically where your stress hormones have shifted all of your hormone balances to have... um, a cycle in hormone levels and a response that looks like PCOS. And then, um, so, so it's kind of like looking at, okay, there's all these different things that can cause PCOS. So how do we tell someone like, yes, you definitely have it or no, you don't. And if it's not something they get at birth, like they're going to want to know all these questions. And so I think it's just kind of, um, I don't know, pushed away a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another part of like, you know, the whole lifestyle and environmental thing. So you can also have an insulin resistant PCOS. So that's kind of looking more at like your eating habits and your lifestyle and like, can it develop over time, even if you were pretty resistant to it, you know, at a young age. And so a lot of times when they talk about PCOS, someone's like, well, I've been normal forever. How do I all of a sudden have this? And so it's kind of like, well, we don't really know because it's a combo of all of these factors that could be um, you know, contributing to it. So, oh, and hormones, yeah. it's just so tricky. I mean, hormones are tricky. That's what I say. If, I mean, anybody that does not think God is in the details has never mm-hmm. studied hormones because holy moly. And the thing is, you know, you could start Googling all your symptoms and then there's so much cross reference between, you know, one thing to the other that it would be, it'd be very hard to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. And but in and, and it's so funny you say that though, like, you know, that whoever, you know, suspects that God's not behind this hasn't studied hormones. And the thing that's so cool about it though is that when you have that knowledge to understand what each one is doing and why the response is happening, it is like I feel like it's beyond genius. Like yes. to have studied them and to realize like, oh, our body does this and everything that happens with our hormones, every shift and imbalance we have is our body trying to keep us safe. So our bodies as women has basically like, they have three goals. They want to keep our heart beating. They want and keep us safe and alive, obviously. Um, It wants us to reproduce. That is why literally our body cycle all the time, every month, like reproduction is like number two on your, your body's list of things it needs to do. And then it wants to keep us comfortable by adapting and making things easy based off of what signals we give it. Um, so when you kind of look at it that way and we say like, oh man, well, my hormones are just so off. Well, then I kind of say like, well, tell me a little bit about your day. Like, how are you eating? How are you sleeping? Because those are those signals you're giving to your brain. So anything that's happening in your body, we've kind of told our brains to do We just don't realize we're doing that. Um, And that's how you can make hormones simple because when we say, oh, okay, so waking up and eating actually sends a signal to my brain that there's resources around and that we're pretty safe. So it doesn't need to hold on to extra food or energy or it can actually release some of – that insulin that it's been kind of holding on to, or maybe it doesn't need to release all the sugar it's been waiting to release. And so things happen based off of our lifestyle and things we do. And like when we kind of know even the smallest piece, it builds so easily. Um, and it, it's so intuitive and it makes so much sense. It's just kind of like getting that underlying knowledge of like, oh, okay, this is what's happening. Um, because our bodies and our hormones follow the same patterns all of the time. So a lot of times I joke with my husband, um, if he's ever like listening, I mean, he obviously listens to me talk about all the things, but he's like, it sounds like everyone's problem have the same answer. And I was like, they do (laughs) (laughs) because our hormones are designed that smart. (laughs) That's right. I mean, the underlying, yeah, the, the, the foundational needs are, you know, across the board, uh, true for everyone. Um, Oh God. Yeah. I just, I love how you put all of that. It's just the hormones are so intricately designed and work together. And, but along with that, you know, one, one thing can have one chink in the armor can have a lot of downstream effects. 
Yes, um, yes. And, and this is – oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that is why when like conventionally we're told birth control is the only option to fix it, that's why that's not the best option because birth control is basically – Again, I'm like simplifying as much as possible, but birth control is kind of shutting down. It's telling your body to stop making all the hormones it's making. And it's saying, hey, we're going to give you hormones every day, so you don't need to make any of your own. And like I said, that's kind of a function our body wants to do is to keep us comfortable. So if making extra hormones is using too much energy, it's going to be like, oh, well, we don't need to. We've got enough, right? So when, you know, people say like, oh, I was given birth control, but it caused this, 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 and this, you know. Uh, weight gain, mood swings, anxiety, depression. It's like, of course it did. Because you cannot have your body shut down a hormone system and it not affect every other piece of your body. You have those receptors on almost all of your cells. So it's it's very interesting. Um, you know, when, when we hear about birth control being the answer and people's side effects and how it doesn't work and then they feel stuck and it's it's kind of again going back to that like yeah they you you need that education um and it's a shame I think that we're told like hey this is your treatment without that education but that's okay because I'm going to help educate, (laughs) Um, but that's why. And that's why I think a lot of times we feel like it's us, right? Like we feel like, oh, well, it's just me. It's just that I don't have, you know, enough peace in my life or I don't have enough willpower or I don't have something, like I'm missing something and that's why all these things feel so out of balance. But actually it could be because one hormone or like one area of your life is lacking and like you need to give it some extra support and then when you do that, the things that are actually like the physiological response, it changes and you realize, well, maybe it wasn't me. Maybe it's just that my body needed something extra. And I feel like there's so much power in that because anytime like that internal narrative starts rolling through of like, it's you, you should do better. You should do more. You need to buckle down. You need to be better. Like that is not from the Lord. Like he designed our bodies to function so perfectly. It's just, we have to learn how do we support that design and function. And I think as a, yeah, like as a culture, we're lacking there. Um, and again, that's all okay because we, Eventually, I really think there's so much grace to get us to the point where we're able to learn and hear and support our bodies the way they were designed. Absolutely. And and he gives us so much provision and so much guidance if we would just, you know, listen up. Um, but the body is, uh, it has that innate intelligence. He designed us just, our bodies are amazing and we can see changes so quickly. That's what's so beautiful is that you yeah. can really experience um you know, significant, excuse me, significant change when, um, you start giving your body what it needs. Uh, love that. So, okay. So the pill is that, then that is kind of the conventional approach to this. Is that what they're, what yeah. somebody can, it's going to happen if you, if you're just kind of following the normal route here? Yeah. So usually, um, it would be a conversation of, you know, do you, this is at least from what I've experienced and what I've heard with the women I've worked with, it's typically, well, do you want a period? If you do, here's some ovulation meds that will make you have a period. And then if your period's irregular and you need to be able to predict it, you need to use birth control to do so. And also, you know, with birth control, because your body's not making any of its own hormones, it's actually the medication is controlling the amount of estrogen and progesterone. Those are your main female hormones. It's controlling the amount of those hormones that you get and when you get it. So what happens is when you take those placebo pills, you have what's called a quote unquote period because your body knows to start shedding your lining as soon as that hormone is removed. But you didn't have all those extra hormones that actually cause ovulation and the release and everything of your egg. And so it's kind of getting a little bit into this like iffy realm of like, well, are we actually healing? Well, birth control actually is not ever healing the source of the problem because if the hormone, there's a reason those hormones are imbalanced. And if we're not actually hitting that and supporting that balance. So and. Sorry, I'm like all over the place, right? <laughs> no, it's, um, that's how this is. Like, no, it's yeah, perfect. But a part of that is that like 
I, I really like to encourage people that like your body knows how to go back into balance. You don't have to tell your body, hey, we need this much estrogen. We need this much progesterone. And a great example of that is essentially like pregnancy and postpartum. So after you deliver, your body starts moving things. It moves fat. It moves water. Like it changes how everything looks when that baby's not inside of there anymore. Does it go back to like the picture perfect what we wanted before no not always sometimes it does but essentially like we have to remember that our bodies know how to find that balance on their own all they need is the support to do it so birth control is kind of saying hey let's just be done and have full control over the whole thing your body's not going to make any hormones and like we're going to call the shots here but support is actually saying okay let's look at where this PCOS is coming from is it genetic is it lifestyle is it stress related how do we support your body and change some of those things to allow that rebalance to happen? Because your body's always trying to figure out, it wants, it's, it's second goal. I told you guys, the second goal is how can we reproduce? Your body wants those levels to be as on point as possible because it, and it knows how to do it because that's what it was designed to do. So it knows all the other little hormones that need to move and all the other little things that need to shift in order for that to happen. I um I love those three points that you made about what your body wants the heart beating uh, for women to have this cycle because yes I mean that truly is one of the uh, most important markers of a woman's health uh, for a cycling woman um, you know and I think we're so everyone's like oh, I hate my period I just you know I can't wait I don't have periods anymore and you know it's just so yeah. um, but they're so important. Um, they're so important. I remember when I was, you know, going through my struggle and, um, infertility. And I mean, then I was like, Oh my God, I can't wait for my period. You know, it was like another chance to get pregnant. And of course at that time when I was less healthy, I mean, my period would come like every, I don't know, 34, 36 days. If, you know, I was having a regular cycle, but they were long and um, it it just felt so long. And it's funny. I I joke now it's like, uh, you know, now my cycles are, like 27 to 28 days, like on the dot, really regular. And I'm like, where were you back then when I was, (laughs) when I was really in a hurry, but it's, you know, it's just all that, that health factor. But then also what you said about the body adapting, because that is so true. And, and it's why I warn people like on a, just a, a, just a smaller level or is like, even with supplements is that you you don't want to overtake something that is going to make your body kind of what I call kind of lazy about making it itself. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you you just have to be careful because there's all those feedback loops in your body. And so if something is artificially made, you know, got the hormones for you and your body's yeah. like, yeah, okay, good. I can, I can do something else. I'm going to be lazy on that. Yes, um, and I yes, think that's yes. so important. Yes. And it's, and it, and it is, it is your body saying like, okay, well, if we need to conserve energy or put it somewhere else, we're going to do that. And so that's why it is important, you know, that what you're doing is support and looking at things holistically and addressing root causes rather than band-aiding. And supplements can band-aid just as much as regular medication. It's true. Um, And now there are definitely hormone levels that get out of whack and minerals and things that can be um, depleted from different, again, like diets or lifestyle situations or medications and supporting your body by replacing those is actually, you know, addressing that root cause. But on a whole in terms of like, okay, well, I think I have low progesterone. So I'm just going to, this is what I hear all the time. So I'm just going to use this progesterone cream. Um, or I'm just going to get like a prescription for progesterone from the doctor, or I'm just going to go on birth control. Like all of those things is not addressing why is your progesterone low? Because your body is designed to keep it where it needs to be. So if something's happened in that pathway, why don't we start addressing and removing it? Because what happens with our bodies again, because it's all interconnected is it they give us um, symptoms, which are signals, and they get louder and louder until we actually address whatever the root problem is. So it starts as like, okay, well, um, like for an example, I'm trying to think of when you're under eating, right? So like the first thing that happens is you kind of like get a headache every now and then. And well, first you're hungry, right? And then you start getting headaches. But then eventually, like if you just keep going down that pattern your body adapts and you're not really hungry so it's no big deal to skip breakfast and then you don't really get headaches anymore 
and then you just kind of like continue on that pathway and then all of a sudden like your body's your bowel movements are messed up and you're like okay well that's kind of annoying they've always been pretty regular and then eventually your cycle stops and it's like your body's giving you all of these small little signs and the more and more we ignore them the more it's like okay we've got to keep protecting you and the way our body protects us usually is shutting down something else that it needs. And that's when a symptom shows up. Um, you know, your period is gone for long enough and then all of a sudden your thyroid's messed up. And it's like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? All because I started a diet. Um, and it's because, again, like if we don't understand how to talk to our body and how our body talks back to us, then we're missing this like key part of living in the one body we have for our entire lives. Um, and it's, man, our bodies are just so smart. So I hate when it's like we blame ourselves or we blame something and, it, or we even blame our bodies and it's like, no, 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 it's just this simple thing we need to fix. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Like our spouses, like, <laughs> like if I'm going to fight with my husband and I never told him what was wrong with me and he never listened to me when I did, like, imagine how that would feel. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of like the same thing that I think we get taught is normal in our relationship with our bodies, but it's not normal. That's right. That's right. And yeah, your body is, I always say your body is not against you. Your body is always working on your behalf. And, um, it's, you know, it's just a matter of listening, listening to it, speak to you, um, listening to its language. When something is up, then you got to listen up and address it or your body will start screaming at you. And then things are worse and worse. Well, you know, with all of this, as I look back on my journey, you know, I, and I love my doctor. So I know I hate, I don't want to, I love him so much. Oh oh my goodness. Please let me say like, I do not want a doctor bash. Um, and if it sounded like that, my no. frustration is more with the system, no. the system, not a specific doctor. And I mean, I've had some great ones and bad ones, but I yeah. think it, I really want to stress that it is the system. It's the way the doctors are trained. It's the way, you know, pharma yes. has a hand in all of it. Like totally not a doctor bashing. Yeah. Thing. And you didn't <laughs> sound, any, sound anything like that. But, um, but what frustrated me as I look back was, you know, my doctor was really like, okay, well, this isn't, you know after about six months to a year, then we're going to move you on to a specialist. So that's what, you know, they wanted to do. Nobody ever did like a hormone test on me, Mm. you know, and now where I am now, and now that I could do hormone testing with my clients and I'm like, this is like basic. Why wouldn't this be done? You know, I don't, it's just really frustrating. I'm glad now that it's, you know, more available and there's more holistic approaches because yeah, that system is flawed and they're just kind of following these protocols that have been, um, and you know, established for a long time. But, um, but that, that is frustrating. And, um, you know, I just, did you have any, were you offered testing or did y'all, did you do anything? Yeah. Yeah. So we did have one. So usually, um, they'll test progesterone, um, because that's just one that's super common to be low. I say right. it's the number one root cause, um, of hormone imbalance is low progesterone. And, um, the problem though, is when you do those tests, they have to be done on a certain cycle day. So you are relying on you being very familiar with understanding your cycle and tracking it and all of that. Um, and the other thing is how quickly, I mean, you know, this from doing the testing, like how quickly those hormones metabolize. And so what can happen is we get this like small snapshot and we treat to what we think, um, that snapshot should look like. So if it's Mm -hmm. out of range, we're like, okay, we need to treat you to this range. But I always tell people, like, when you're finding someone to help come alongside you for fertility or your doctor or whatever, like, understanding how you feel day to day, understanding your symptoms, them having as clear of a picture and teaching you how to have a clear picture is usually, like, the best indicator. So even the clients I work with one-on-one, I feel like we can talk through their symptoms. We can talk through what's happening with them. We talk through their lifestyle. And it is like light bulbs going off for me immediately of what hormones are out of balance and where they need to shift because imbalances typically have the same symptoms. And so if someone's saying like, hey, you know, I am waking up every morning at 4 a.m. and 
I have a short period, like my cycle's super short, it's coming early. Then that tells me right there, like, okay, that's like one clue. And then they say, plus I work out four times a day and I stay up late and I'm growing a business and I have four kids. And I'm like, okay, so. <laughs> your, your adrenals are. Yes, <laughs> yes. And the number one cause of low progesterone is high stress. Uh-huh. And so when I look at that, I'm like, yeah, I could technically test all your hormone levels, but we don't need to, if, if there are 10 things I see we can fix that help shift hormones back into balance, let's fix those before we even dive into the nitty gritty of the tweaking. Sometimes I think we um, can look at like the snapshot instead of zoning out and looking at like the whole picture. Right. Um, you know, it's kind of like looking at, um, I don't know an example, but it's, it's based, I think sometimes we can zone and that's kind of the other side of things, right? So just as much as like the Westernized system can have this really like overbrushing kind of lack of symptom, lack of intuity, lack of education realm, sometimes even the holistic, and as a holistic practitioner, I can see this, like sometimes the holistic side, we dive too deep, too quick. And yes. so we know so much about how the body works and functions. We want to go after every like small imbalance we see. But I really think there's this service and this population that needs these, you know, just basic foundational shifts yes. to support their body and support their hormones. And once they do that, they actually start correcting symptoms without needing to do, you know, things like gut cleanses or anti-inflammatory protocols and all of this stuff that we kind of Google and think is our answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are all great things. It's just that I think we apply them in the wrong way and then we think they don't work for us. Um, it's almost like we went to step 10 before we hit steps one, two, and three. Right. The foundations. Yeah. Yeah. Just hitting those very basic general needs of the body. Um, Yeah. So let's talk about some of those, about those, you know, foundations that people would want to address. Um, I know I've talked about them here, but I would like to hear kind of what your approach would be with just, you know, somebody coming in and and what you're, what you're asking them, what you're going to cover first. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely want to kind of start off asking them what their symptoms are, what their cycle looks like. I tell everyone, like, if your doctor's not asking about your cycle, that's a red flag. Um, Because again, like, that is our indicator of how our body's functioning. And then we kind of talk through those. And I like to look at, you know, what does your lifestyle look like? So I want to know what your symptoms in your cycle are. And I want to know what your lifestyle looks like. What is your typical day to day? And typically, I can take those two pieces of information and like, again, and I'm sure you see this too, like the light bulbs start going off and we're like, okay, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this, right? Um, But when we think about like, what do we do to support our body? How do we shift it when it's in imbalance? One of the first things I see is stress. Um, One of the first things I see for PCOS is stress. And then I'd say one of the second things is nutrition, especially in the PCOS world, because in PCOS, I feel like there is this narrative that if you lose weight, you will feel better um, and your PCOS will get better and your symptoms will get better. So then when we have PCOS, we start thinking, okay, well, how do we lose weight? So typically they say, well, the best diet for PCOS is low carb because there's insulin sensitivity involved with being PCOS or having PCOS um, or insulin resistance. And so that's usually where I find most people go to and kind of get confused because when they do those things, their symptoms get worse. And that is because both of those signals are inputs to your body and your brain that actually shift your PCOS hormones further out of balance. So it's kind of understanding, okay, well, how do I actually support my body? So to do that, you've got to know what signals you're giving it. And if nutrition is a signal, then we need to be supporting our hormones with our nutrition. So what does that look like? It's things like stabilizing your blood sugar instead of depriving it from all sugar at all. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to movement, it's things like moderately moving in a way we enjoy so that we get a little bit of blood sugar stabilization, a little bit of muscle activation, but not any cortisol or stress hormone um, like overload basically. And so it's really kind of figuring out what are the things I'm doing now that are telling my body it's not supported and how do I shift those things? So sometimes it's stress, sometimes it's sleep, sometimes it is mindfulness and emotions and figuring out like, do I just run myself into the ground and never stop and give my body, teach it a pathway it can follow to lower stress hormones? That's a huge thing I see for all women, PCOS or not. Um, 
And then what does that look like on a day-to-day thing? Because if we can start changing those inputs and do it really consistently, then our body creates the pattern for us. So if we're implementing three to four things a day that tell our body it's supported, it's safe, and to lower stress hormones, then our body starts following that pattern all day and starts lowering them on their own without us having to, like, meditate 30 minutes every day. You know what I mean? Like, it's just Mm -hmm. like we're kind of creating these small little pockets of things to send our bodies down that pathway. And then it has to adapt and respond because that's that third function we talked about. Um, So it's kind of using, again, that original design and function and coming alongside it and working with our bodies rather than against it. I love how you put that. What am I, I don't know how exactly you said it, but it was something like, what am I telling my body that how I'm not supporting it? Like, you know, yeah. and that that's a great way to frame it because I think that, um, you know, if, if you were, if, if you saw your friend doing, if, or if you treated a friend or a friend was treating you, you know, in the way that we treat our bodies, it would be, it'd be so obvious to us, you know? But I think when we're saying, what are, what are we signaling our body? What, how are we not supporting our body? What does our body need to be supported? And then how are we, you know, completely ignoring that? I just like the way you put that because I think that's, um, that's just like another good way to frame it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think it makes it very tangible and practical. So instead of saying like, what's wrong with my body and what do I need to fix? It's more so looking at like, okay, well, what am I already doing and how do I easily shift that? Because then your support and your hormone balancing becomes this very easy, very manageable, very like practical thing that you can do starting tomorrow rather than I've got to save up. I've got to do it before vacation. I've got to wait until the kids are older. Like I think we hear this narrative over and over of how much work we think it's going to be. And a lot of times that's because what we're sold is these quick fixes. And so those require a lot of work and a lot of stress and a lot of time and a lot of money. But when you're in it for the long haul and you're like, okay, I've got to kind of support my body and give it these signals and allow it to support itself, then we want these small changes so that we can really make sure we're consistent with them. And then you actually start to believe in yourself of like, I have willpower, I have consistency, I have self-discipline because what you're trying to tackle isn't this big overwhelming overhaul of your entire body to fix your hormones. You're just trying to tackle, can I drink a glass of water every morning first thing when I wake up? Can I put my phone down at seven o'clock instead of 11? Um, It's just these like super small things. I mean, it's almost again, like how you would teach your kid a language. I wouldn't go to my two-year-old and be like, all right, let me read you Shakespeare. And you repeat it. Like I teach him one word at a time and then it builds and builds and builds. And then his body starts connecting words and doing all of these things that I never taught him to do. Oh, that is a great analogy. That is so good. And just, you know, speaking to more of what you said and just kind of, you know, taking those foundational steps and taking them slowly and not jumping into, um, not jumping into supplements or trying to self-diagnose within, and then, you know, jumping into crazy diet plans and stuff like that. And, you know, I like with your background, you know, being a pharmacist, um, and I saw that you, um, on your website, you're like, I'm a pharmacist, but, um, I like to call myself an anti-drug dealer. And I was like, (laughs) I was cracking up and I was like, that's awesome. And so, um, I don't know, just kind of tell me more your philosophy on that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's basically kind of this, can we support your body? Can we use diet and lifestyle? to really address root causes rather than can we give you a quick fix or a band-aid that's going to make you feel comfortable, but then you're going to be back in, you know, three months with the same problem. Yes. Um, and again, like I, I, I started doing this and all of this was developed out of working in primary care offices because I was seeing what was happening to women in that setting. And again, it's not specific doctors. It's not specific places. I worked in amazing places with amazing doctors. That's not it. It was the way the system was designed. Um, And so, yeah, I actually started recognizing that like my patients and my clients were like, well, don't you just need to change my insulin? Aren't you just going to prescribe me a higher dose of my antidepressant? And I was like, no, like (laughs) if you or intent, like if your day looks like this, then none of those things will ever get better if we don't start addressing that. 
all I'm doing is making you feel worse and I'm actually not even like serving you with true health by just telling you that a higher dose is going to fix it. Um, so yeah, it, it very much, and that's how I kind of got that rep of like, I worked in a community pharmacy at one point and <laughs> I was like, I don't even want to like offer my services because I feel like we'll lose so much money <laughs> at the pharmacy because nobody's going to take their meds anymore. Um, that's yeah, fantastic. Actually. Right? <laughs> Not when you're the pharmacy owner though. Right. So, <laughs> and again, like I totally approach almost everything with balance, I feel like, um, because there are times medication is needed. And we talked about heavy things today, like infertility and being overweight and anxiety and acne and depression. And like, there are times and seasons where those medicines are a blessing and they are needed and they are supportive. And like, that is your best step. But for the woman that's wanting more, the woman that is tired of that system and that cycle, the woman that just can't seem to get better, and the one that wants to know and understand and really get to the source, I think they need an option, and I don't see that happening a lot. Yeah. What – so, I mean, we talked about a lot, and I know we talked about a lot of the foundations, but, I mean, for PCOS, what do you see as being the biggest game changer or game changers? Yeah, so I would say understanding um, the type of PCOS you have. So kind of diving a little bit more into like, has it always been there? Is it something that maybe you're just having like some pseudo PCOS symptoms? So maybe you just have some excess hair growth and some acne. Maybe you are, um, I see this one a lot. So you can have PCOS in conjunction with what we call MTHFR gene mutation. And that's kind of a genetic component. And usually with that, like it's PCOS that comes with acne, but also like big intolerances. So a lot of times like they have intolerances to things like lettuce and spinach and, Mm. you know, just like these um, different foods that are quote unquote healthy. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times there's infertility struggles and they actually struggle to gain weight. Anxiety is usually a big component of that type of PCOS. Um, Looking at, you know, your lifestyle and saying like, could this be contributing to some of these symptoms I'm having? And then once you know, like, okay, or if you're listening and you're like, well, I know I have PCOS and I don't care where it comes from. I just need to know what to do. Then your biggest things, number one, are going to be to know what's happening because you are in control and like you have the power to adjust and adapt. And once you know what's happening with your body and what those hormones mean and what those changes mean, then you can do that. I really am an advocate of like you knowing and investing in your own body because that is an investment that goes across the board, right? Like if your body is not functioning optimally, then your career, your motherhood, your marriage, like nothing else is. Um, So knowing and understanding PCOS in the Um, like understanding of your body as well and then stabilizing your blood sugar because we eat all the time like that's something we do every day and if you can really get a handle on stabilizing your blood sugar lowering your stress hormone levels um, and understanding movement in a way that's going to support your hormones those are like three places where I think your PCOS symptoms start to your progress in addressing your PCOS symptoms starts to soar that is fantastic. I'm so glad that I had you on. <laughs> Me too. I love being here <laughs> today because like I said, I could do, you know, I could speak to some of this, but you have really, you know, dived in, dove in, dive, dove, um, whichever word there that is, but you are really gone deep with it. And I am so appreciative for your knowledge, um, in all of that. And you have a, don't you have a program that helps women with this? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a digital course. It kind of hits that first thing of understanding what is PCOS? How does it relate to your body? How do you understand your body when you have PCOS? Um, And then it has modules in there teaching about exercise for PCOS, nutrition for PCOS, and supplements for PCOS. Because PCOS does deplete things like melatonin and zinc and all those types of things. Um, 
and I feel like there's some bonuses I'm forgetting, but <laughs> it is just a self-guided digital course, and um, occasionally I will run a masterclass around it, so we get like a group of 15 girls, and we go through the course together, and we do some Q&A and some personal stuff, and really make sure that you feel equipped to live with PCOS and you become the expert on it um, and how it serves your body and how you basically can serve your body in a way that works with your PCOS and that your body's no longer managed by PCOS. Like you are managing it rather than it calling all your shots. Oh yeah. I like that. That is, that is good. Um, Anything else you want to add before I ask you the anchor questions that I ask all my guests? I don't think so. I think we hit so many things. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we really, I loved it. I know. I hope it makes sense to everyone because we were a little all over the place, but. But that's um, how this is because hormones, one thing leads to the other. It's all interconnected. It's not, you know, you can't just look at one thing. You have to consider all of these things and your whole lifestyle and, you know, your nutrition, all the things. So um, I think my audience is pretty used to that because. That is kind of what happens here. We just get on all the things. Um, Okay, so anchor questions. I like to ask all of my guests these questions. And the first one is, what is your anchor meal, which is right now kind of your go-to healthy meal. You always have the stuff to make and you eat it a lot. Yeah, so... Ours right now, it's kind of weird because we live in um, Charleston, South Carolina, so it's like hot and muggy, but (laughs) we have been all about some cashew-based non-chicken soup. So weird, right? (laughs) Um, So my husband's vegetarian, so it's like a chicken noodle soup, but I really like savory things, so I make like a cashew cream sauce that goes in it, Um, so it's like bone broth and carrots broccoli, peas, corn, and we kind of like boil all of that in um, vegetable broth. And then I make the cashew cream sauce. We mix it all together. Sometimes we throw it on top of noodles. Sometimes we just have it as regular soup and it's really good. And our bonus is that our toddler likes it. And that is that's few huge. and far between. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good for him because it's like healthy. It's non-dairy. It's anti-inflammatory. The, um, I use Trader Joe's. I don't know if you're like a Trader Joe's fan like I am, but, oh, yeah. I um, they have this vegan chicken soup spice and it's filled with turmeric. So that is like my go-to, especially around like period week, because I I can load my body up with turmeric and I can get the dairy out of there because it's anti-inflammatory and it's dairy-free. I'm like gold. So that's been our go-to at least, you know, a couple times a month because my husband loves it. My toddler loves it. I like it and my hormones like it. That is just such a winner when Everybody in the house likes it. You just yeah. feel like you And you have, feel like you're doing something good. Like I yes. feel okay shoving it down my kid's throat. Right. right. <laughs> Rather than the hot dog I try to make him eat every other day. <laughs> right? I know. I, I know. It's just such a winning feeling when everybody eats it and eats it well and there's no argument. It's just – it's wonderful. It's like the angels are singing. Um, okay. How about um, your anchor verse, which would just be, you know, Bible verse, scripture that's really keeping you grounded – and inspired yeah. right now. Yeah. So especially, so we, um, brought home our second son, oh man, three weeks ago. Um, oh my gosh. Congratulations. Yes. Yes. He's very new, but you know, so it, I mean, it, it, I won't say it's changed, but I mean, to get us through that second adoption and to really, we were just making a lot of changes. And so, um, Isaiah 42, 16, and I love the message version And I had it out because I knew you would ask, and I want people to hear this. Um, So, but I'll take the hand of those who don't know the way, who can't see where they're going. I'll be a personal guide to them, directing them through unknown country. And I was like, man, what an amazing thing. Just of that reminder that, like, God cares about, like, the little things. Like, they're talking about going through an unknown, like, the steps they were taking. It was literally like, okay, God, tell us what steps to take. And, like, he cares that much about your steps. Not, like, show us the country we're going to. Like, they're literally like, no, he just takes our hand and shows us how to get there. Um, And I think that's such a good reminder of, like, he sees it and he's there and he's over it. And not only that, but, like, he's going to personally guide us through each of those small pieces. 
So I love that, especially in the state of our world today. It's like, oh yeah, we're like, what is happening? No, you know, no, it's we just really don't know what's happening. And so, just to grab his hand and let a let him guide us through these through these days, you know, even though we can't really see this whole big picture of what's going on. But yeah, um, and it's it's really sweet. I think to really, I think I don't know. My last couple years have just been filled with like freedom in the Lord and the Holy Spirit, but also like really loving the story of Israel because I think growing up like in um like Baptist schools and colleges and church and like all of these things like I just I feel like I never it never clicked for me what the Old Testament was I still like grew up thinking it was like all the rules scary and, it was the yeah. scary yeah <laughs> and now that I'm like oh my gosh like Israel and like they were so terrible which is me like I am that bad but God was so nice to them um and kind of understanding like that is who he is and his character and like that is why that is the first half of the Bible like it's I feel like I'm too old for it to be so new to me but it's amazing oh no girl never too no always learning I know I I was just talking about my journey with all of this and you know it's a it is a journey and as long as we're growing and learning and coming closer to him then um that's what we're that's what we're to do and so I love that and that's a great one thank you for sharing it of course thank you so much for having me I had the best time I'm so glad I'm so glad you could please um tell everybody where they can find you follow you all that good stuff yeah, so everything, um, Instagram is at Dr. Heather Rhodes, D-R, and then Heather Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S. My website is www.drheatherrhodes.com. I hang out on Instagram the most. My email is hello at drheatherrhodes.com. Um, and then I have a Facebook group. I don't really do much on my page, so if you go there, you might be really disappointed. Um, but my Facebook group is um, Hormones Simplified. So just super simple, easy. I think you have to put the period after simplified though. I've, I've learned that if I say just hormone simplified, people can't find it. So can't I think find there's a period it. after it. And you know, Facebook doesn't let you change the name either. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, they make everything very difficult. Yeah. Like once it's there, they're like, nope, this is forever. Yeah. Like, oh, man. <laughs> I, know. I know. Oh yeah, goodness. Yeah. We so. have this, the love hate relationship with Facebook. Um, but anyway, well, everybody go check out Dr. Heather Rhodes. And, um, again, so grateful that you could share your knowledge with us today. And thank you all so, so much for listening. I'm always so grateful that you're here and you take this time with us. So I hope it was helpful. Have a healthy and blessed week and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.